Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The world's longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello everybody and welcome along to Midweek Motorsport. We're a couple of minutes late. Uh, tonight, uh, it's Heindorf and Nick Damon uh, live. We, we're keeping our distance. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, John. Oh, Hello. don't do that. I'm going to fade you down if you're going to be silly. We're not in self-isolation. Hang on, that's what I'm here for, isn't it? What? Being, being, uh, touch of levity is a serious situation. No, I want you to be very serious tonight. I'm very serious this. indeed. Uh, up in London is our, <laughs> our executive producer, Tim Greer. Good evening, Tim. Lots of levity from London. Lots of levity from London. Excellent. And literation as well. Lots of levity and alliteration. No, you've got to drop the A, otherwise it's not alliterative. Okay. A lot of lever- levity, a lot of li- litera- alliteration. It's not called know. alliteration if it's words that start with vowels, is it? It's a different word for that. Okay. Um, to help us with that. I can't yeah. On a packed programme tonight we have. Uh, we have all the usual features. It's a big Wednesday. It's a really big Wednesday. We've got some great programme news, news of extra programmes. Yes. We've got news of programmes that you have been suggesting. If I can find that piece of paper, I passed it on to the um, responsible adult to action. But I can't find out where it's gone. Now. Oh, no, I've got it. Excellent. Uh, we've got not one but two big interviews, I suppose you could call them that. One big interview and one top story. Yeah. Uh, we've also got some motorsport news, uh, motorsport action to talk about as well. Yes. There's been plenty of motorsport going on. Good. British Rallycross Championship Winter Series at Lytton Hill. Excellent. I wish I'd been there for that. And we've got news of live in sound and vision at the weekend here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Shall we play... And a vote. Sorry? And a vote. And a vote. Oh, yes, the vote. Excellent. Well done. Um, I'll do a quick... We've got so much to fit in uh, tonight. Hello to uh, Iten Dog. Uh, who's listening in tonight. Apologies for absence for quite a few people, uh, but not for Martin Elberg. First time since I became a father. He, he says, listening in tonight, David Monks. Uh, EFA tonight, insane. Bring it on, I'm listening live. Kevin Payne says, uh, hello this evening. Tom Watts, making a point about Formula One, uh, which is very important, which I, is what I told you before we go on. So that was Tom Watts, remember that. Uh, about the F1 summer break. Uh, Alan Prosser listening in tonight, tearing himself away uh, for the first hour at least. Big night on BBC Four tonight. Steve McQueen, Mann and uh, Le Mans and The Man. Hunt versus Louder after that. Uh, so a couple of decent programmes tonight uh, at least. Hello to Simon, to Right Turn Lover, uh, to Paul Guppy, to Nick H., to Corey Fry, all listening in tonight, and Moni Elysium as well, listening in uh, on uh, using her Sebring vacation days that she should have been in Florida to listen in on a school night to have a small sense of normalcy. Missing my racing family, says Moni, uh, but so far all of them healthy, and that's what matters most. Monica, you are absolutely right, absolutely right. 
Uh, live tonight, Rob Jena listening in. Phil, live-ish. Uh, he says, I wonder if this might mean a rethink on the season format. Well, we'll have news of that at the moment for WEC. Hello to Jesse uh, and to Chris Suku. Rhubarb crumble with masala chai spice toffee and creme fraiche tonight. Ooh, very good. Uh, we're, celeb- we're sort of early celebrating Nick's birthday tonight, so we had a lot of his favourite things of more uh, later. Dave Alcock and Chris Orton in tonight. Uh, and Brody listening in. Brody, pleased to hear you moving on with your flight issues. We've been swapping some messages after doing battle with various airlines. Can you believe Virgin Atlantic are wanting to hold on to people's money for 45 days before refunding things? Absolutely disgraceful. Uh, Oliver Giles listening in tonight. Chris Suku. Uh, Chris, sorry, Scott Third Wheel listening live. Austin Hilliard Racing. Uh, Great time to hear every bit of the Hypercar and F1 insider news and speculation, speculation rather. Yes, we'll have lots of that uh, tonight. Uh, and who else have we got? Stephen Gardner, no AFS this week and for the foreseeable future. Logistic to working from home after the office was closed till at least April by one twenty-fourth Ford GT Le Mans project ready for paint. Stephen, that looks very good indeed. Hello to Gonzo, JFT ninety-six, no AFS for him. Uh, tonight, Chris Ring listening in, taking in the news of the new date for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Yes, that's moving to September. We're moving Nick's birthday to September because that seems to be the thing to do tonight. Uh, Neil Gardner is turning up at about 9 o'clock. Simon Hoff listening to live. Serafina Chu listening live. Tyler Kinghorn, no FAs working. <laughs> in inverted commas from home tonight. Very good. Uh, no FAs for the first time. In a very long time, fortunate to be home healthy and employed. I've done an inventory of both my freezers, he said. James Brown's listening for the first time in a long time, as in, and we've got a huge audience tonight. Uh, Andrew Muggeridge, Chris Suku, I think we've mentioned, Jeff Easterling. Thanks for providing fem- friendly and familiar voices. We're in this together. Midweek's moment keeps some regularity and sanity in this crazy world. Lee Groom says, can I catch up tomorrow? Uh, yes, I'll tweet you how in a moment, Lee, but if I haven't managed to get through to you, then you won't hear me saying this to you, so that's been a rather pointless 20 seconds. Uh, Dirty Uncle Kevin, uh, playing Forza Horizon 4 while staying indoors. What's that nasty right-hander just at the bottom of Derwent Water? I fell off my GSR 750, uh, GSX 750 there in real life. Nasty. Uh, Paul Sharp, no affairs, he's back from Florida. Kevin Payne's in, Andrew Merther in. Shall we get started? Uh, Duncan Ray is listening in for the first time in a few months. Hope everybody's well and stay safe. He's the top story. Jingle coming. All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. And there is only one top story tonight, Tim Gray, and that is Le Mans. In uh, May 1968, the French were revolting. And, Easy. Uh, they had to move Le Mans to yes, September. They yes, they did. And this year, uh, they've moved it to September once more. Yes, that's right. Uh, that was public unrest, as you rightly say. Uh, riots on the streets around France. It was pushed to uh, September. Delighted to say that uh, a little bit earlier on today, uh, literally moments after the announcement, Gerard Navour, the... Uh, man at the top of Le Mans uh, Endurance Management, effectively the company that look after the WEC and the 
not effectively, actually the company that look after the WEC and the European Le Mans series. Join me on the phone from the south of France. We'll talk about uh, the change of date and what that means in this exclusive interview that he gave us. And thanks, Gerard, for coming on at very short notice uh, this afternoon. Uh, But first of all, I asked him about the human aspect of the sport and how his team and indeed the rest of the sport were doing uh, since they uh, had the cancellation of the Super Sebring event. We just came back from uh, for, for part of the team from America where we stay uh, last week for the, in order to prepare Sebring. So we're back in, in France now. With Fortunately, we are with our respective family and uh, we are in a confinement. We have to consider first the, the human uh, factors. I would like to, to have a thing for, for all the Italian people now who are on the really critical situation. I exchange a lot of email with the Italian people from the respective paddock WC and LMS and What's happened now in Italy is, uh, is something very um, horrible. Uh, in France, we try to anticipate, which is very challenging, and the situation is very is very tight. And um, if I have only one thing to say, is just everybody be careful. This, this virus is very dangerous, so we have to consider seriously this question, and we have to take care about ourselves and about uh, our family and ours. This is really important first. And I think, Gerard, uh, all sports car fans will join you in those thoughts. It is very much a a human sport as well as a technological sport. Now, to the announcement today, Gerard, uh, Le Mans is moving. It's moving to September. How will that affect the WEC calendars for this year and for next? Well, first of all, before to say that, we had to postpone Le Mans for, for the reason that you can easily understand. To set up a world premium event like this, you need to have a, a certain time in advance to order all the prestation, to to book and to organize the trip with your teams, to set up the long, the, the big paddock and everything. And regarding the current situation, it's absolutely uh, impossible to do it on the right time. The second thing is, if we maintain Le Mans in the middle of June this year, there is no chance to organize a race for WEC before. And it means that the cars didn't run since Austin will go to race immediately at Le Mans, which is absolutely impossible. And same for the ELMS cars. They didn't race since Portimao last October last year, and they will have they will have to run directly to Le Mans, which is not correct. So for all these reasons, respecting the, the, the sporting attitude and the good things, we had to postpone in September, also for the fun, of course to make sure that we can welcome everybody from the rest of the world. But Regarding your question right. affecting the championship, uh, it affects the both championship because um, we will have, uh, we were supposed to race in Spa, for example, at the same date with the, with the LMS. So, uh, as I explained to you, we are already discussing with the main racetrack in Europe to try to reschedule all the different races. But I have to say that this is something very tricky because we are not the only one on this position. So the circuits are very busy also, and we try to find a way to do it. But um, I'm very optimistic to say that as we have anticipated this decision, because we already decided or uh, thinking about that since a few days, uh, we, we are looking now how we can manage that. So uh, we have already informed also our colleagues from uh, IMSA because there is a, a race one week before. So we say, make sure that your competitors can arrive on time, but there is no clash uh, with your event. Uh, we are also looking for the different possibility. We can reschedule the ELMS race. 
which is already the plan. And regarding the WEC, it impacts more because we were supposed to start the championship in September on the first weekend in Silverstone, then um, uh, to launch the season night. In this condition, it will be not possible because we will go in Le Mans two weeks later. So we are discussing now with Silverstone for an alternative possibility. And in any case, the season nine will start, um, I would say, later, uh, at least at the end of the year at this moment, because we will finish in any case by the super final at Le Mans. So Le Mans in September will still be the last race of the 2019-2020 FIA World Endurance Championship. Absolutely correct, and there is two two answer two explanation for that. The first one is the is to stay fair with the sporting uh, approach, and uh, we we have to feed the, you know how much the, this race is very important regarding the scores and everything, and uh, it, it's already in the plan. This is a world championship, so we will finish by this race. This is not a question at this moment. The question now is to know which race we will have between now, I will say June, because nothing will happen in April and May for sure, uh, which race we will have in, in during between June and August before the Le Mans 24 in WEC. And the second explanation is because for, for the majority of the team, all the business model is setting up around the fact that they can sell a full program with Le Mans included. And if suddenly you remove this race from the championship, this is totally unfair regarding the gentlemen drivers, regarding the partners, regarding all the job that the, 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 the team set up for this season. So we have to respect that. So that's the reason why we don't, don't want to damage the, the current situation, which is already very difficult for all the teams uh, due to the crisis now with the virus. So the idea is clearly to say the end of the season will be on 19-20 of September with the Super Final at Le Mans. Then... We will start for a new season, and this is correct to say that we will have to come back to you in the coming days to introduce a new format of calendar, a new calendar, uh, calendar revised for the next season. And in this calendar, we will have to take in consideration also the consequence of the of the virus crisis. I think probably a shorter season or a little bit less race probably, and uh, and to make help for the team to make sure that they can financially recover very well. But in some ways, Gerard, this is good news. And I know people will think I'm being stupid. They'll be saying, Hind off, what are you talking about? But I think this is good news because it removes uncertainty and it puts a cornerstone, a very important part of the WEC calendar and the endurance calendar. It's the most important endurance race in the world. I would say the most important race in, in the world with due deference to, to other events around the world. But we now know what that is. So you and um, Pierre Fillon and the ELMS and indeed everyone else can start now to make plans yeah. for 2020-21 and, yeah. and at yeah. least we have as we would say in English a line in the sand we have something now that we are aiming for I think that's good news I fully share your vision uh, uh, John and the fact is that what we have to do now is first as we said is to save our family or team and everybody but on the same time, is to bring a clear vision to the teams and to the partners and to the people from the paddock to, 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 to give them the guarantee that we control, we try to control the situation. And as soon as the virus crisis will be fixed, we will be able to restart the engine and to start for a new lap and for a new season and to try to provide the best answer 
to 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 get them happy or to get them the chance to uh, to uh, make a, a full program in sports car and in endurance. So this is clearly the plan. Let's let's see now. But with this new announcement to, uh, today, we know exactly where we are. We know exactly how to set up around. And now we already start to work on it, which is not an easy uh, an, an easy job, but uh, this is our job, so we have to do it, and uh, we have to provide um, very soon a um, new announcement or new information about the next calendar. Uh, and uh, Gerard, you and I have talked about this in the fa- in the past, but let's talk about this in the light of the new information today. Uh, hypercar regulations. We're still waiting uh, for some technical detail on that. With Le Mans now not being in June, with the 2020-21 season probably starting a little later, will start a little later now, you've told us yeah. that. How does that affect the announcement and uh, of the regs and the planning for the teams who will be joining you with the new hypercar? Very frankly, there is no big change uh, now. The plan is still to announce in the coming days the LMDH uh, technical regulation with our friends from inside America. Uh, and at the same time, what we can say is that for the uh, the hypercar, uh, the, this car will be uh, ready for some of them during the season that we knew in advance. That, for example, Glickenhausen say I could be ready just in the middle of the. Of the of the season now maybe we'll be ready at the beginning of the season or not so far so we we give them a little bit more time to to uh, to prepare the car and to develop the program this is the same for Toyota so it gets them more comfortable for sure and it doesn't change the story because we still have the same schedule introduction of the hypercar during the season nine and uh, hopefully arriving of the first LMDH in September twenty one. Uh, and uh, that's what we call making a virtue out of a necessity, I, I think, Gerard. And well done. You, you've, you guys have proved, you and your team have proved how well uh, you can reorganise and react to the situation. I think back particularly to getting the race put on at quarter. I have no doubt uh, that this, although it will be a challenge, that you will rise to this challenge as well. Uh, it strikes me that the other question I have to ask, and I haven't, is what happens to Le Mans Test Day? Is that still too, as no. per normal, two weeks before in, in August? No, it's too early to say that because uh, we now we are entering in technical meetings with uh, with uh, the people from ACO, Vincent Bobinil and all the staff. But you have a big chance to see a, a different format for sure. The race will be 24 hours, no question. But all the organization around will be a little bit different. It will be something very special due to the, to the, the condition of this uh, exceptional year. So probably... Uh, uh, it will be a, a shorter event, not not such a long time like this for two weeks, because we have also to uh, to adapt regarding the situation. But this is still under um, investigation now with the with the people working on it, and uh, I'm sure SEO will come back to the people very soon to explain exactly mm. in details how will be the format of the of the event. The only thing we are sure it will be a 24 hours race, and it will be uh, from 19 to 20 of September. All the rest, they are working on it now. Uh, and that will change the character of the race, Gerard. Five hours more darkness, uh, for one thing. Different temperatures. I'm, I'm already very excited. It's, of course, not the first time that Le Mans would have been held in no. September. I think back to the, uh, the, uh, the, the troubles in 1968 um, when Correct. Le Mans was, was pushed back. And it was a fantastic race that year, actually. Um, it gives the opportunity as well for those people who are interested. We have the Le Mans 24-hour motor. It, 
at the start of uh, September. Um, this could be a very busy September for everyone at the ACO and around Le Mans. Yeah, but now, and we are in force for that uh, with the next two or three months. We are less busy, I would say, on the track activities. So we, I'm sure that all the team will be ready to have a hot summer for the championship and a very hot September for the people from Le Mans. But it will be a busy activity for sure. And I'm sure so that all the fans will uh, get out stronger after this crisis and they will be very happy to, to share the passion together and to celebrate the motorsport in Le Mans in September. Uh, in some ways, Gerard, it is, uh, is this early decision by uh, yourselves in the ACO, and we should credit Pierre Fillon as well, of course, of the mm. ACO for making this early decision. Uh, in some ways, is it, I say it's good news for us. Is it good news for you because you can start now with something solid and start making proper plans? Everything before was, was so uh, unknown. Yeah, it was unpredictable as is the situation now with the crisis. So now we, we just buy some time, let's say, and we have now more space to try to set up something solid for the future and, and to see how we recover after this, this uh, virus crisis. But we, we are now all the condition to set up the calendar and to work on it, which is also very good with, the, with our partners and with also with all the circuit, because one more time, it's very challenging now to try to find a different slot in the different circuits, especially in Europe. Yes, and everybody's going to be fighting uh, for some weekends. Uh, unfortunately, there's only so many weekends to go. We're not thinking about doing something crazy like having a race on a Wednesday or something like that, Gerard. You've come up with some, no. some, strange, uh, some strange ideas in the past. <laughs> no, we, 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 are, we are trying to find all the different solutions we can find. Uh, maybe you will be surprised because we, we are working on the different option. Uh, I will say that this is probably one of the one of the positive things when you are in this sort of situation. You work with your task force and you have like sort of brainstorming when you try to find the best way, and you find some idea that probably on the regular time you will never have because you are not pushing to this situation. Good point. Now, because we have to face this situation, we have to find solution, and it, it, it provides opportunity to be sometimes a little bit more creative or innovative. Uh, and um, just a final point about Le Mans: we're still going to have the the new format of qualifying at Le Mans, even though it's in September. Is that right? One more time, too early to say, but I don't see any, any reason to change that. But one more time, we have to let now the people because we took the decision. So now. We can put few people around the table to work on it. Uh, I mean, from the sporting department of the ACO, but there is also the logistics. There is many other departments. So this is, you know, Le Mans is a very special race with a very dedicated and very huge organization behind. So all these people will now sit down uh, around the table to go in details, let's say, and to see... Uh, uh, how they will set up the, the week of the event with the, with the scrutinizing, with the qualifying or with the, the free practice and with the race, with the start and the finish of the race. There is many questions to, to put on the table. So they will work on it for sure. And, uh, and I have no doubt that in the coming weeks they will come back to the people and to go in details uh, and to explain what will be the format of this very special race. The big news is, and it is good news, it means we can start planning. Le Le Mans 24 hours will be a 24-hour race. It will be happening in 2020. Uh, And uh, that is the good news, Gerard. Yeah, this is very good news. 
the, the this is like after the virus everybody has to survive and we have to recover and we have to be stronger after the situation this very strong situation and uh, i had several calls today with a few partners from uh, from from italy from all around the world from america from 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 europe in general and all of them were very positive about this decision and they fully support this decision and now they have visibility and that they, they, they have like a, let's say a target okay we will be there and uh, and le mans will be there also so this is very important always le mans is le mans gerard navo thank you very much for joining us at short notice thank you today John. cheers mate headline news from that nick damon uh Le Mans not on a Wednesday. Well, that's a, that's a shocking, <laughs> shocking piece of information. But I mean, bits of Le Mans will be on a Wednesday, I think. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, he yeah. didn't rule out Test Day being on a Wednesday. No, he didn't. And I, I, you know what? I, I, that was earlier on today. And again, I want to thank Gerard. A couple of things. First of all, Gerard Navo being Gerard Navo's first thought is for people, and I know he's got a lot of friends. Uh, and colleagues in Italy and what he said at the beginning of that interview was very important which it wasn't important to the story but it was important to all of us and that's why I left that in uh, because that's the sort of guy that Gerard Navo is he thinks about the people and not just the technology and not just what's out there in terms of the machinery uh, the second part of that is Gerard originally did an interview with me yesterday and rang up and made sure that we updated that today. So that was literally done a millisecond after the announcement from the ACO. And that's how quickly things are changing. What I like about that, Nick, as I said in the interview, I like the fact that we've got a bit of certainty now. It means people can start to plan. It means the teams can start to plan. And it does mean, as we said to Gerard, is they've, they've put a cornerstone in place and everything else will fall into place around that. It might not look like what we're expecting, but at least we've got, if you like, we've we've got that foundation now, haven't we? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the, the one of the two biggest single uh, events that need to be rescheduled, even though one that hasn't been called off yet, which is... Indianapolis 500? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, F1 will hold a race that weekend if they have to, because they're going to try and get 18 races into virtually no time at all. But it, the other endurance series will know what they're doing, so IMSA and Elms and Elms can know what, how they can work around it. Um, and as you say, with with I assume, well, I think I'm assuming the crowd will be down. It might be everyone so stir crazy. More people will go by the time we get to uh, I think to it's September. Ver- I, I think but you need to know, don't you? you I think it will very much depend on what happens before that. The other key thing that we need to pick up on is the fact that they are very, very um, insistent. Gerard, they're very, very insistent that there will be another race before Le Mans. Now, whether that's Bar or Silverstone, because clearly Silverstone's not going to happen on the 1st of September. No, That's what I read from what Gerard was saying there. That's not what Gerard said. Ten days before the actual week is started. But it's not, You can't do endurance races and then get the cars re-prepared. Correct. So it's going to be Spa or Silverstone, depending on when they can get that off, probably sometime in July, August? It has to be August. Um, you couldn't you couldn't count on anything in July this time. August, um, I think MotoGP is in August, I think, and then Silverstone go and around Silverstone. that. Spa around that. Uh, but Silverstone will have to move to after Christmas because Silverstone, remember, is a round of next year's championship, not of this year's championship. It's no, Spa but it doesn't have to. to be. That's what that's that's what Gerard said there. It doesn't have to be the next year's, you know, next year's championship team is very much up in the air and 
is up for discussion. That's as, what I got from he, that. As he wants to get a round of elms away as well, it would make more sense to go with Silverstone because that's, that's a traditional thing to happen. How are you going to get... I mean, ELMS, how are you going to get six four-hour races in from June to whenever you can get them in? Oh, You're yeah. not. June no, to October. No, no. No, I mean, this, this is... I mean, the, the point about this is... is, is Might it, no, we have to have a round of the, uh, the ELMS... At Le Mans in September. No, because there are cars who... No. Because no, there wouldn't no. be other teams who got an entry into Le Mans, would it? They couldn't run their cars. That's a good point. Um, that. Sorry, yes, well... I think the well whole point about this is that, is, is that everybody who's got a calendar, which uh, on the first week of March said 20 races, 6 races, 10 races, 9 races, as we are going to lose at least 3 months of the season, probably 4, and that's a season of, what, 8 months, generously, people are going to have to shorten their calendars. That's what's going to happen. There's going to have to be yeah. a shortening of the calendar. It's obviously, it depends on the championship. And that's going to have a knock-on to next year as well, Nick. Uh, massively. Absolutely massively. I mean, it's uh, in the, from the biggest to the smallest championship. I, mean, I think I think some of the UK championships, the, the, the regional championships, the country championships are probably fine. They knock a couple of rounds off a BSB or a Italian Superbike, whatever it may be, and they'll carry on fine Can't the do much to the, to, the, um, to the ELMS when you've only got six rounds. You know, no. that, uh, and we've lost... At We've least two lost rounds two of already them so far. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's, there that's are massive gaps in the LMS calendar. I mean, after Silverstone, it was six weeks before they raced at Portimao. There's scope. Mm. I mean, there isn't yeah, now because that's, that's going to get filled with there, Le Mans. But yes. they want a month, don't they? But they always want a month between races because of the reprep. Yeah, but I don't think there's a single LMS race in uh, August at the moment. Oh, it's going to get once once we. Once, I think you might get a double these, header. Yeah, once things get back to going. Once, once they get back going again, two or two, three hours and do that. No, I think you might get a, a double header uh, ELMS and WEC race in yeah. Europe. Silverstone. Well, then it has to come to August. Or even Monza. Uh, not Monza. I think Spa or Silverstone are, are your... Well, Spa's, got, already Spa's, been to Monza, got, Spa's got both the sets of pits. Not so, Monza. yeah, they could sit the ELMS in the lower pits and whack in the other pits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I agree. Something's going to happen, but we're in a situation where no one knows what's going to happen. But date-wise. ultimately, the good news is that Le Mans moved also, and, oh, and can, people can, can start planning. Uh, also, for those of you listening on listening on Twitter, can you can you um, <laughs> solve a, can Twitter. you solve an argument to myself and a responsible adult? Are the overnight temperatures on the, whatever, the 17th of September warmer on average, warmer or colder than the overnight temperatures colder. on the 16th of June? Because well, we had a difference of opinion in that I said, oh, it was going to be way, way colder. And then Eve said, no, 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 it's, it's that France doesn't get cold till then. So what are the average overnight temperatures of whenever the overnight is in September against the 15th or 16th of September? The good news for everybody. I that already. All right, go on then, do it. In uh, September, mm-hmm. the average daytime high mm-hmm. is 22 Celsius. Yes. And overnight low is 11 Celsius. Ooh, chilly. In June... The daytime high on average is 23 Celsius, so only one degree warmer. Yeah, yeah, not much difference. And at night, 12 degrees Celsius, so, so one degree it's warmer not that still. Different. No, it's, it's darker. It'd be much darker, of course. Five hours darker. more darkness, I worked out. So therefore, it's five you, hours. You'll have 11. more of that 12 <laughs> degrees uh, Celsius. Well, you're assuming that they start the race at the same time as normal. Also, they're, what doing, I, they're doing 24 hours. So they do a whole night, whatever happens, whenever they start it. Yeah, but they could <laughs> do more daytime. Oh, how's that then? Because there's a different... There's no, a, 
No. You're doing a day. Doesn't matter when you start, when you yeah, finish. Yeah, <laughs> unless, unless you do it Creventic style. Creventic yes. style. You can, that, that's Gerard. Gerard's doing Creventic style. Two no, 12 no, hours no, with an no, intervention no, break. He said it was going to be a 24. <laughs> no, I do think that they might move the start time earlier in the day so that they could get more TV. What's that, two-ish, Rod? Because it was going to start they four, wasn't it? They won't want to start yeah. at four no. because then it will be getting dark By for five. a second time yeah. when the race ends. Yeah. They want daylight for the podium. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is that people can start making their plans. Uh, we've had this from our uh, colleagues at Travel Destinations. Uh, they've Im- obviously reacting to the news, 19th and 20th of September. Uh, they've asked anyone who's booked with them, don't call the office because they're uh, managing the volumes of correspondence and they're going to do all of their uh, people who book with them in a systematic manner. All reservations will be amended to the new dates, keeping the same price and travel arrangements as previously. Uh, and your new balance due date, if you haven't paid, will be on or before the 1st of June. If you can't attend, you'll get a credit note to the full amount already paid, which will run through till the end of year 2021 uh, and valid for any events. As an ABTA member, they would like to reassure you that any monies held with travel destinations are financially protected. Now, that went out to all of their uh, all of their customers today. I've spoken to uh, Richard Webb earlier on today um, when we we hadn't even heard that that had happened they've re- reacted really quickly but the good news is that we've be that we have got that date everything else will fall in uh, around it uh, Kevin Payne great to hear the thought process behind the decision making process from Gerard uh, Navarre thank you says David Olcock uh, thank you Dave for getting in touch on aspect attainment uh, I think the solution is excellent, protects the income from the teams, fiscally critical, allows fans to make plans and protects everyone's health and safety. Uh, and thank you for keeping the fans involved directly from yourself. Your considerations, Gerard, honesty and time for the fans is appreciated. Hour two, it's John Doonan talking IMSA in uh, an interview that we recorded earlier on. Um, uh, earlier on this week as well but worth listening to there as well because of course there was some new information from IMSA earlier on this week the short answer is as you heard from Gerard there he's going to keep us in touch when the paddock talks it talks to RSL and to Midweek Motorsport you'll hear it first as you did there exclusively from Gerard Devore and we thank him for his time and of course we absolutely agree with his sentiments about those who are in dire straits all over Europe and particularly in Italy who are suffering particularly hard at the moment which kind of segs into the next story which is Formula One Nick yes uh, Ferrari who'd have co- thought that we're only three and a half days away from uh, what would have been the start of the uh, Formula One season well, we, it well, seems like so much longer doesn't it when we it? gathered here for Movie Motorsport this time last week, we had a Grand Prix on on the Sunday. Yes. yes. And we had Grand Prix on the following week, and we had a Grand Prix two weeks after that. The only Grand Prix we'd lost was China in the middle of April, and now we'd, we'd, we have nothing. First three Grand Prix definitely off. Um, Zandvoort will definitely be off, because, for goodness sake, they cancelled the Eurovision Song Contest, yeah. which is two weeks later. Um, Monaco doesn't want to be off, but it will be, because they can't get the people to actually build the thing. So yeah. we're and that now needs to be happening now. now. So we're now saying the earliest we can start is Baku, and that's early June, which I to don't me think is still too early. Gonna, I, I think Baku... Because it goes Baku, Canada, doesn't it? Uh, Canada is... They're locked down at the moment, but they might be able to get out of it. 
See, and Baku, what's after Baku's, Baku also being being quite. No, but they've said that they don't want to do that. Baku have said they don't want to do that. What's the one after Canada then? France. France. And when's that? Twenty something of June. That'd be a great way to come back. Yeah, um, but what's happened up today is that the... Yeah, because Paul Rickard's uh, circuit that attracts no crowd anyway. No, it attracts a great big crowd, but they can't get in and out. <laughs> um, but, but So let's talk about what's happened today. Um, Ferrari's a car manufacturer. They'd already shut down as many people are. PSA, Peugeot, Citroën, Vauxhall, Opel, all part of the same group. They're going to close for a week. A number of other people doing uh, the same. Even Airbus has closed down. So Ross Braun has gone into a little darkened room and scratched his head and come back with what on the face of it looks like an elegant solution so as not to disadvantage Ferrari who've shut down the Formula One team uh, and the car. And to free up time later in the calendar. The summer break, which normally happens between the Hungarian Spa Grand Prix, which is sort of end of July through most of August or beginning of August to the beginning of September, um, is written in stone in sporting regulations. It is a right of the teams to have that break. And, it, and the point about the break is uh, they actually do stop working. They have to leave the building. They have to lock the door. You know, they're allowed to keep yeah, they're allowed to keep the air conditioning on and that's it. The computers must be turned off. You can't do any yeah. teraflops on your CFD. You can't turn your Wimpton on. Everyone needs to go away. And theoretically, they shouldn't answer emails. I think that's probably unlikely. Um what they have agreed to this week is to move this break, this, this mandated break, not the holiday part of it, but the not doing any work bit, to a soft period between now and the end of April. So you can take those 21 off days, so three weeks of the of a proper actual shutdown, between now and the end of April, and they can choose when to do it. Now, of course, with Ferrari, uh, AlphaTauri, and I think Alfa Romeo as well, I'm not certain about that, um, effectively shut down. Um, because they can't go the, into the into the garage, sorry, into the factory. Obviously, they're going to take their three-week shutdown immediately and hope things will be better by the time they get back, so they they, they aren't being disadvantaged. Um, other teams, uh, Red Bull, for example, are, are going to start next week, and all the teams think, yeah, that, that's fine, we'll take this 21-day stop. It'll give us lots of space to put Grand Prix, which have been postponed, into that month's gap in an attempt to try and get as many of these back as possible because they want to run as many as possible. Not, as Tim pointed out last week, they only need eight for a world championship yeah, because yeah, they have TV rules they have to live with. Uh, force monsieur, I'm only going to say oh, those two yeah. words. I mean, uh, it's, it's a very, very sensible thing to do because they need to get a, a season away. Now, in the wonderful world of horse trading... Um, <laughs> It does seem to me that what's also come out today is the teams are, are trying to get 2021 regs postponed. So the big rule yes. change. They're trying to get that postponed by a year. Now, of course, the thing about the 2021 rule change, it's, it, there's a huge number of things happening there. There's not just the new cars. There's the new tyre size. There's the new financial implications. Mm-hmm. So it's not as simple as saying, yeah, let's just run these for another year because are you going to run the cars the same but with the new financial regs in? That's the point. Second half of the programme tonight, we're going to kick that off with John Doonan from the president of IMSA. Uh, We'll get Shea on board as well to talk about the implications of what John tells us. Uh, And it's going to look a very different season. We'll talk all about that. We've got some NASCAR in hour two as well. And we go back to Formula One and how this calendar might look for 2020. And in the case of WEC for 2020 
and for 2020, 2021, of course, because of what we've been talking about. But there was some motorsport last weekend. It was the uh, WRC in Mexico. Ben Constanturas gave us the rundown uh, before he went to Mexico. He's back home now uh, in the French Alps. I spoke to him earlier on this afternoon and put it to him that whilst the rally may have been shortened, uh, there was still plenty of action to enjoy. Absolutely, yeah. We finished the rally on Saturday evening rather than doing the three stages through uh, Sunday. Um, heading over to Mexico City, one of the, well, Mexico itself, one of the uh, lowest amount of cases in the world. So I guess similar to Australia in that sense um, for the F1. And uh, yeah, Mexico is also a very, very tricky rally. It's uh, altitude wise, very high. Um, and very rough and very hot. Um, And, you know, these new, I say new WRC cars, but the new generation since 2017, they're much more highly tuned and that's much more susceptible to a little bit of damage affecting the airflow hugely. Uh, And so we saw lots of overheating problems uh, and uh, generally lots of problems for for the majority of of the marks that we're rallying. Now, Going in, Elvin Evans, uh, having won the last rally, was leading the championship with Scott Martin for uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing with the uh, with the ra- Toyota Gazoo rallying, I suppose. This uh, with the Yaris WRC. I don't think uh, it is actually. I think it is it, racing still. It <laughs> is. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think it, as soon as I said that, I, I, I thought that. Um, we said it was going to be difficult for him first. Uh, gravel rally of the official gravel rally of the season so he was sweeping the roads on friday i thought he did a pretty good job uh, to stay in touch with the leaders on friday and into saturday if anything the uh, the curtailment of the the rally rather hampered his charge back up the field because he it would have been sunday when he could have could have possibly made his move he didn't click with the Toyota this weekend in the way that we saw him click in uh, in Sweden. Yes, he was first on the road and that kind of sweeping effect, um, the highest in Mexico, the, the feeling is that um, sweeping any gravel rally is bad, but Mexico is the worst. And it's an exponential curve. So the further up the running order you are, the more effect it has. Elvin first on the road on Friday. First big stage was El Chocolate, which is a particularly bad stage for that. It's all down to the type of gravel they're driving on, if it's thin, fine sand or if it's big rocks. Uh, and how That's nearly car... 40 Ks, isn't it? 37 or something Ks? Yeah, something like that. And uh, I don't have the uh, itinerary in front of me. I was not at that particular stage and therefore I didn't pay much attention or, or couldn't actually pay any attention because uh, as per usual on rallies, when you go up into the mountains, you have no phone reception to watch the all live program uh, <laughs> and uh, and you don't have any information. So it was quite interesting that both myself and uh, Emir, who was at the stage end for the other rallies, reconvened at the end of the day and we sat down and started watching the program going, well, we don't really know what's happened during the rest of the day. Um, so, uh, yeah, El Chocolate was the real killer, really. 31.45, I found it there. Thank you very much. That was a bit Thank shorter than I thought. I, I, I gave them an extra uh, seven or eight uh, clicks. Uh, one, yeah, it has been as much as 80 kilometres in the past. Yeah. Oitanak really won that in the Hyundai. Uh, and uh, he was actually, he if if Elvin didn't click, I certainly did. He was He was on pretty good form at the weekend. Again, benefiting from that road position, but when it came to Saturday, was still able to perform um, and certainly found uh, he, he found a good speed in the Hyundai, but was com- very much concerned 
um, by the issues that Danny Sordo suffered and then Thierry Neville suffered. Um, Danny on Friday early doors um, had a pipe come off the radiator, I think it was, mm. um, which basically started the car overheating. Um, they managed to fix that on the side of the road, carry on. But as we spoke about last week, Danny is on a rally by rally basis. He's there to pick up points. Um, he's not there to, to win the championship. And therefore, uh, as the third Hyundai, some five minutes back from the rest, uh, he really wouldn't have made much of a difference in terms of points unless uh, Thierry or Oit had a problem. And therefore, you know, was pretty demotivated when I spoke to him uh, at the end of the first loop of Friday. And by the end of the second loop of Friday, had retired the car um, with an engine failure. Uh, some speculation in the paddock that he saw the light come on uh, to warn him of overheating, knew that Spain was going into lockdown and uh, decided that he would rather go back to Spain than to carry on. Uh, total speculation. Cannot prove <laughs> that that is true or not. But certainly he was out of the uh, he he and Etapeca Lapi were both out of Mexico City by the evening of Friday. Yeah, um, in in very spectacular circumstances for Etapeca. And in fact, it all happened on one stage, didn't it? Because uh, they both had their issues uh, in the space of a couple of minutes. One right at the end of the stage for Esapeka Lappi, who'd pulled up in the Ford and yep. was getting, you know, doing the, the the paperwork at the end of the stage, as you do. There were flames underneath the back of the car, which quickly uh, escalated. I thought the marshals did a fine job trying to hold it back and his co-driver. But Esapeka, very, I think very bravely, jumped back in the car, drove away basically shooing his co-driver off and drove it somewhere away from the end of the stage where within a few moments the car was reduced to well ash quite frankly it was terribly spectacular and very scary yeah interesting thing um if you have the chance to go back and have a look at the pictures from uh that particular stage you can do that on the all live platform at the moment um Watch as the car comes into mm. the checkpoint, into the stop line. He already is trailing yes. a flaming line behind the car. Do we um, think that was where, brake fluid or do we think it was f- uh, fuel or oil or what? Or what? Because he mentioned, uh, he mentioned in his interview that he lost the brakes. Yeah. Um, there is some speculation that was brake fluid and he'd, uh, a line had been caught by a rock and pulled yeah. off. It's exceptionally um, flammable brake fluid, possibly even more so than petrol. It's a, it's a, it's an extraordinary thing if you've ever seen that spilled uh, onto uh, a header, a hot header, or something like that exhaust um, manifold or something like that. So I, I could believe that 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 might have been the issue, Ben. Yeah, and then what he tried to do was to blow it out yeah. by by moving trying to get to to try and get the flames gone but by that point the carbon fiber was so hot that it was never going to blow out in a way that perhaps other materials might so he did as all he could i think he managed to get about a kilometer and a half away from the stop line Uh, unfortunately what that did do is it cancelled the next stage because the competitors couldn't get past the burning car it was blocking the road Um, so we did lose one stage and at one point we looked like we were going to lose two stages in the afternoon but uh, thankfully, as we were driving away from the end of the last stage of the day, we uh, were told to get back in our car, turn around. It is happening, stage nine, and we needed to be there at the end of stage. So um, we, we managed to do that. Some miscommunication, I believe, between race control 
um, and uh, and the competitors basically being told on their dashboards that stage nine would happen when the rest That's of the happen. world were being told it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, so so it happened in the end, which was great, um, for, obviously for the fans who are out there. Um, and we got the, the end of the uh, end of Friday done. Uh, the one man really that clicked with the car that had a decent road position, but you know, the I think the key to WRC on gravel is to make the most of your bad road position. Yes. Um, and whilst Elvin really struggled to do that, although benefited from people retiring, Sebastian Loeb third on the road going in uh, was exceptionally strong. You know, he didn't star because there were other people further back like Oit who had a good road position who did star, uh, but Seb did enough to keep himself in a strong position and then extend that advantage in a spectacular way uh, on Saturday uh, to give himself uh, give himself a performance we haven't seen so far this season in a Toyota. No, and, and funny enough, when we were doing the preview, and and you know, I almost missed Sebastian Ogier, despite the fact yeah. that he's got a phenomenal record uh, on Rally Mexico, and I think that's six in eight years now for four different cars that he's he's won, and you know that that in itself tells you all you need to know. He's pulled out uh, a result when he needed it, and that I mean I know it's early, but that could be the turning point of his season right there. Well, he's back into the lead of the championship yeah. um, by eight points. So uh, yes, he's very much in a strong position, um, and who knows what the next rally might be. Um, Oit Tanak would have won that rally if it hadn't have been for his very small mistake mm. uh, on Friday morning where he knocked the tracking out of the, the rear right of the car, hit a stone, knocked, I think broke the tow link. So had to fix Well, he should never have been able to get that car back. He had, I think he had one part of the suspension, I heard him say in one of the yeah. interviews. Um, but he had to kind of uh, jerry-rig the rest of it together and it wasn't really right, but he just kind of got on with it and drove it. That was an exceptional drive because I think he was fastest on the next stage, wasn't he? On the next, exactly. The next stage was where I was, and he was fastest through that stage. Um, and you know, looking at the amount of time he lost compared to how he ended the rally, uh, or he would have run that rally, yeah. uh, definitely. But he would have won the rally because of his road position um, over Sebastian Ogier. So, you know, that's always a compromise in WRC. Um, but at the end of the day, he did that, make that mistake. Uh, that was a driver error, which we've not seen from Oit for many, many no. years. And it proves that he's not 100% clicked with that car in the way that clearly the Toyota drivers, the new Toyota drivers for this season, have clicked Totally. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that. If we look at the standings after the rally, you've mentioned Ogier, who leads. He's on 62 points, 54 for Elvin Evans, holding on a second. That's first and second for Toyota, who uh, stretch with Toyota Gazoo Racing WRT, now that I've got the right name there, stretch there their lead to uh, 110 to 89 to the Hyundai Shell Morbis WRT, and then M Sport, who had a miserable, uh, well, miserable Friday and a, a miserable uh, rally, really. Really. So those two well, I out. I don't know about that. Uh, Timo Sunanen getting himself on the podium. True. Yeah, he missed out on the second. Yeah. Um, but it was going to be very hard to hold uh, uh, Oit Tanak back. True. Um, but, you know, Timo hasn't had a podium for a long time. M Sport have not had a podium. I think I read something like over 12 months. So um, they will go away from that. Okay, they've lost in a million pound car. Um, you know, it's burnt to cinders. And that was the newest car, uh, newest oh, chassis that was. they built. 
Um, but, you know, they picked up some good points with Timo. That's good confidence. Um, Gus Greensmith managed to get through the rally without massive issues, mm-hmm. although still is lacking some pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I think Timo should be very happy. M Sport should be happy enough. Um, and just let's see what goes on from here. But be- behind the leading two in the championship, Ogier and Evans, uh, Ben, uh, Neville on 42 points. Cali Rovampera on 40 and then Oitanak on 38. That's really getting nice and congested there. Uh, and got to have a word for Rovampera because the young man has taken to... You talk about how well the Toyota drivers have started the season. There's a man who's really got down to business very impressively indeed. Yeah, you, you compare him to the other rookies like Gas, like... Uh, Katsuta and the other rallies he didn't compete in in Mexico, of course. But Cali has jumped into the WRC car and is on form with the other drivers. It is such a huge transition to go from an R5 car. You can see it when you watch the cars, to be honest. The R5 WRC2 car is uh, has no aerodynamics, really uh, much less power, uh, very different tires. The whole it's a completely different beast to drive. And the way that Calais Rovampera has adapted to the WRC car is not, we haven't seen anything like that uh, since probably Esapeka Lappi mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. Other drivers that have tried it have just not clicked. Gus Greensmith being one, as I say, Katsuta being another. They're, they're able to be there, but they just can't get anywhere near the pace of the rest. How do we, uh, how do we rate uh, Neville then? Uh, obviously, we've talked about Oitanek, defending champion. He's in fifth, fourth Rovampera, third Neville, uh, a couple of points ahead of the young Finnish driver and the best Hyundai uh, as well and I mean in terms of the results uh, you you can't deny uh, what he's done by far the best Hyundai driver in terms of his consistency and his pace. Yeah absolutely and and also had a problem with uh, the electrics of his Hyundai um, in Rally Mexico so wasn't able to fully perform and was sat on the side of the road for a couple of minutes um, or did he even go into rally two? I think he yeah, went into I rally two. Did, yeah. So, yeah, he drops a long, long way down the field uh, through no fault of his own. He was on pace when he needs to be on pace. And it was simply the reliability that let uh, certainly uh, two of those Hyundai's down. So, no Argentina, we know that. Uh, the mm-hmm. rest of the season uh, still to play out what as this could all change by the time people are listening uh, to (laughs) the archive of this show but as we sit here talking to you now um, what is the next rally Ben? Uh, The feeling is much like Formula One are making noises about uh, late May um, the feeling is late May would be okay uh, at the moment um, obviously, day by day, things change. Um, late May would actually be the next rally because um, Chile was cancelled mm. quite early on, maybe even last year now, um, which was going to be between um, uh, Argentina and Portugal. Right. So they, they've moved. Uh, they moved initially Argentina. Now Argentina had been postponed. Um, there is still a feeling to try and get that rally uh, underway sometime in the second half of the season. Right. Um, Portugal at the moment, same weekend as uh, Monaco Grand Prix, um, is at the moment still on. Uh, Sardinia would be the next one, and then there would be a gap for a month before Kenya. Yeah. Um, I think realistically, mm. 
we might be able to see Kenya being the first one. I don't see Sardinia happening, obviously, no. with the Italian link. Although it's an island, so you know, nah. if we didn't have to go through mainland Italy to get there, probably quite a safe place to be. Probably miss. Well, it's not necessarily about where you're going, though, is it? It's about where the people travelling. Yeah, to... where, exactly where you're routing yeah. through and where you're coming from. Do you get the uh, just finish off on, on this, Ben? Do you get the suspicion that um, a zero point score for Oitanak in the in Monte Carlo, zero point score for Thierry Neville at uh, the weekend uh, in Mexico. With the season being so uncertain, that's not what you want on your scorecard right now, is it? Yeah, exactly. How many rallies are we actually going to yeah. end up having throughout the season? Uh, less opportunities for the likes of OJ and Elvin Evans to make mistakes. Uh, certainly a zero score. If you look historically back at the championship, uh, definitely doesn't help your championship challenge, that's for sure, with 25 points available uh, for victory and only generally 8 to 10 cars competing. Yeah, so, so you the know, differential's not there. if you have a bad there. rally, you can still pick up, pick up some points, right? Yeah, ex- ex- exactly right, exactly right. I think everybody will take the points on the board at the moment and therefore Sebastian Ogier uh, in uh, the pole position at the moment. Ben, thank you very much. Good to hear that you got back home safe and sound and uh, make you. sure you stay safe and we'll speak to you in the coming weeks, mate. Absolutely. Ben Contagira speaking to me earlier on today from the French Alps. Take a couple of tweets. Andrew Mather says, Calais, Robin Perra, future world championship. I'm sure of it. I'm more certain of it than the people I've thought might have been future world championships in other world championships. Uh, he's been very, very... I know rally it's not your thing, Nick, so I'm not going to bring you up on this. Uh, also, this uh, says uh, British Grand Prix first... Round of the World Championship for the first time since 1950? No, they'll start before then. You sure? Yep. Uh, also, also, whilst the shutdown rules-wise had to be done, with the world crying out for highly technical people to start building ventilators, surely F1 teams would be some of the best positioned to do this. It's been suggested. It's been done. Uh, and it's in being it's, done, sorry. Or... In, well, in Italy, it wasn't necessarily a Formula 1 team, but I know that people have been 3D printing ventilator valves, which have to be changed because of... Uh, the um, regulations about um, sterilisation and yeah. things like that. Uh, they came, they scanned, they printed. Um, McLaren? McLaren, Mercedes, Red Bull and Williams have all offered their facilities to produce ventilator parts or ventilators because interesting should know whether they'll be allowed to do that during the 21-day shutdown. I suppose they probably will be. They're just making yeah. bits and bobs. But that's, that's the thing. It's those 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 replacement parts, which which is the sort of stuff that an F1 team can turn around quickly. Uh, I stopped you talking about the F1 2022 regulations uh, and, and we sort of got distracted before we got into to Ben there. Um, what's the horse training that's going to go on and what are the 2022 regulations? 2021, but they wanted people to. Yes, sorry. What they're basically saying is because of this shutdown, the confusion, and then the fact that the rest of the season will be so condensed, they're not going to have time to divert the cars. It, it needs to be put off for another year. Um it's, I don't know if I really agree with that, but it's, it's, I suppose they're looking at the stress. And, and my guess is that what they're trying to put off actually more is the is the, <laughs> the cost cap. Um, because they obviously they're, they're, they're not doing what they thought they'd be doing they're, they're, and, and, they're, and they haven't been able to prepare as they would want to. Um, it'd be a big, art, big, big thing for Liberty to move back on their, their, their golden ticket of the 2021 um, regs. So I doubt it, but you know what it's like when the, a rare amount of uh, consensus to get this uh, summer break happened. Sometimes there's a bit of a 
You say, I say. Uh, and as Tom said earlier, it's a summer break, but not a summer break for those that work because they can't go anywhere at the moment. It's family time, maybe, but it's not holiday time. Uh, it's a big time of change in the motorsport world. Uh, we'll have some news for you about a live event we have this weekend uh, coming up in the second hour of the programme. The but guys from the... We but, have some positive change. Y- yes, to exactly. Announce. That's exactly where I was going, uh, Tim, because, go on, you do it. Uh, the Trouble Radio Show is now becoming weekly to fill the void left by the lack of actual motor racing. And there's a lot of people already wanting to get in this from Real World Motorsport. So Matt Hunter and the rest of the guys, from once a month to once a week, is a very, very big well, uptick. Got a lot to talk about because it's suddenly become um, the thing, hasn't it? We've had uh, two big races over the weekend. Well, a hund- over 100,000 on the Twitch feed of the Veloci. 20,000 on the Veloci and 70,000 on the race, 65. Um yeah, we're presenting all the best parts of, of esports and, and a couple of things they, need, they, they, they all know they need to improve. But because they're put together so quickly, they're both great events. Uh, and so tomorrow night, Tim, is the first of the new weekly shows. Is that right? Uh, yes, 8pm tomorrow. 8pm tomorrow, Matt and the guys together. And then every week, everything you, you uh, didn't know and were too scared to ask about uh, esports and sim racing from the guys who've been doing it longer than anybody else. Remember, Tora, the Online Racing Association, are actually recognised as a motorsport organising group by the National Motor Racing Authority here in the UK, which is now called Motorsport UK. And they're the only one worldwide. That and they're the only ones of Motorsport UK allowed to continue to race because everything else has been cancelled. Absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, we have still allowed, though. Sorry? Have you, have you testing today? Yes. There was testing at Silverstone today. Yeah, it's testing at Brands Hatch tomorrow. Yeah, um, I might even find a bit uh, of testing to go and do. Uh, we've just about gone through the first hour of the show. Oh, sorry, you caught me off guard there. <clears throat> it's Midweek Motorsport, and here's what's coming up. Well, Nick's already had his profiterole stack. Uh, as part of his birthday, uh, birth, part of his birthday meal but, tonight. But now my birthday's been delayed till the eighth of September. So uh, more provincial rolls in six months' time. Right. Okay. It. That seems reasonable. Does that mean I get the bottle of whiskey back? No. Oh, okay. Why did I not get any profiterols? rolls? Uh, you weren't here. Anyway, second half of the show tonight. More on Specutainment, please. We've got Shea Adam. She'll be talking US news. We've got a bit of NASCAR. Uh, we've got more on how the look of 2020 and effectively 2020 and 2021 as well is going to change but we'll start off hour two with our big interview the second of our top fellas tonight it's john doonan on radiolamon.com uh president of imsa john doonan joining us on the phone earlier this week to uh, talk about the current situation and how that leaves uh, imsa situation changing all the time, but I put it to him uh, that we actually have, in the same way as we spoke with Gerard Navo earlier on, uh, that although things are changing, we do have some good news to talk about with one of their big races. I love your positioning uh, that uh, we have good news, and that is we were able to um, use the alternative date that we had originally set for the Michelin Encore. Uh, which is race day of for the 12-hour will be Saturday, November 14th. But, um, you know, I, I feel certainly good about that for all the IMSA fans. 
and for our competitors and our stakeholders. Uh, not all of the sanctioning bodies are in that position right now, so I feel for them and our colleagues across the industry. Um, but we, we were fortunate in regard to being able to put a rescheduled date out there and uh, provide uh, people the fact that the historic event that we all know and love down in Sebring will how does the ticket situation work with that, uh, John, in terms of people who had bought tickets for the original event? Well, fortunately, as you said, the good news is we were able to do a rescheduled date. Um, so at this time, uh, we're not offering a refund, but the opportunity to use that ticket for uh, the, the now rescheduled uh, event weekend in November. Um, things are fluctuating um, and evolving every minute, as you know. And uh, there's lots of other events. Long Beach, for example, has come out officially. St. Petersburg last weekend. So it's it's a very uh, evolving situation. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, we're looking to fill the uh, grounds of Sebring International Raceway in November. And uh, I think all of us, hopefully we can be hugging and high-fiving by then. Yeah, I agree. And I think people will be pleasantly surprised at how lovely that area of Florida is at that time of the year. We've been fortunate uh, enough to experience it for the last couple of years with the Michelin uh, Encore. It's a measure, John, of just how quickly things are changing. That when you guys called time on the original date, it was ostensibly because of travel restrictions that were coming in to stop international competitors. And I know there was a few people that said, ah, yeah, but, you know, why couldn't we just carry on with the American teams? Well, since that, it's all changed since then. And in point of fact now, as it stands, you wouldn't have been able to have Sebring uh, this coming weekend anyway. 100% correct. And I I have to say... um the communication and the partnership that we've had, as you know, with the ACL and certainly uh, as it relates to the World Endurance Championship that Gerard Nouveau manages, uh, we've been in contact with them minute by minute, uh, uh, certainly last week. And that really, you know, the, the announcement about the travel ban is what really uh, set the dominoes uh, in motion. Gerard immediately phoned me. Uh, he obviously was in a position where so many of the teams, personnel, drivers, uh, engineers, support staff, simply were not going to be able to travel. Um, and literally, I thought, okay, it's now uh, midnight here in Daytona. I'm going to leave the office. I'm going to go you know, put my head on the pillow for a little bit. And no sooner did I start driving, driving out of the office parking lot, the phone starts ringing with, you know, our drivers, our personnel, our engineers uh, from manufacturers, from race teams that are in Europe saying, I'm at the airport. Should I get on the plane or not? And when it became nearly, um, well, about a third of the teams uh, were, were not going to be able to field uh, a proper operation to operate the event, that's really what the tipping point was to number one, make the announcement of the reschedule and immediately get our statement out about the event. But um, really proud of the way that Gerard and myself and our teams, our staffs uh, communicated and uh, proud of how we were able to get the information out as quickly as we could. And 
again, and we've said this in a number of interviews and in a number of comments, the problem is the intangibles at the moment, the unknown unknowns, because whilst we're all on hold at the moment and certain people, certain sports uh, series and leagues have said we're going to be suspending until a date, that's that's a bit of guesswork at the moment, John, isn't it? Because we don't really know when we're going to be able to get back to normal. It is uh, all complete guesswork. Uh, we have um, obviously been in very close monitoring uh, with the CDC and the WHO about um, the health <laughs> provisions that need to be taken. Um, our number one concern is the safety and health of our fans, our employees, all of our stakeholders, our partners. And so that's really dictating it. And as you say, the announcements come out um, every couple hours sometimes. It is completely evolving, and it's very difficult to plan uh, out uh, much further than right now, uh, the eight-week ban on um, you know, a limited gathering of individuals uh, here in the States. So that that eight week ban takes in what in terms of of IMSA headline events, John? Well, uh, obviously Sebring and then um, Long Beach. Um, of course, they made a statement uh, early. Um, uh, Mid Ohio event is right at the tail end, uh, or just inside that eight weeks. You know, in addition to those, the headliners, of course, for the WeatherTech Championship and Michelin Pilot. You have things like Prototype Challenge. You have our Porsche GT3 Cup, our Lamborghini Super Trofeo that we're trying to open up, Porsche Cup at St. Pete, Lamborghini at Barber. And so we have got a task force uh, scheduling group here that's in touch with all the promoters, obviously trying to get a read on the race teams, trying to be cognizant of the budget uh, challenges that they face and making sure that we make decisions that, are in the best interest of everybody involved. What are your teams and your partners telling you? Teams in terms of right throughout the spectrum, including uh, the classes outside the WeatherTech Sports Guard Championship and the Mission and Pilot Challenge, and your partners in terms of your commercial partners, because nobody could have planned for this, John. Let's, yeah, mate, let's make no bones about that. And how, yeah. how do you keep those guys on board at this stage? Is it just a question of getting a good information flow? It is, and communication is the key. Um, you know, as best as possible, I've been calling uh, team owners from small teams, large teams, um, manufacturers, um, from uh, corporate partners, just to make sure that everybody's aware of what we're trying to do and also uh, make sure that we have, the, you know, their business models in mind. Uh, I think, to your point, John, you know, no one – could have predicted this um you know if someone had told me you know hey john uh, great opportunity uh to serve in a leadership role at imsa in, in about six weeks uh, there's going to be a, a global health crisis so good luck with that um no no one could have predicted that and and i think everybody uh, which what i'm frankly so proud of is the reaction of calm and of patience yes it's a sensitive issue yes it's it's uh you know, got economic um, impact for teams and, and for for championships, but 
everybody has remained calm. Everybody would love to get back to racing as soon as possible. Um, and, and But at the same time, everybody's understanding that um, it's not just motorsport, it's business, it's education, it's so many industries are, are impacted. Every, every individual is impacted by this. And how is that playing out in day-to-day operations then at IMSA, headquartered in Daytona with NASCAR? What what changes have been enacted there? Yeah, same. I mean, uh, just as of last night, we were uh, able to notify our employees that the uh, you know they're they're asked to work from home uh, as part of the social distancing, and it just sort of changes the way we we do our business. I I sent a note to our employees this morning saying, you know, our, our goal as to provide value uh, to our fans, to our partners, to our participants, and we're just going to have to do that uh, in u- unique and creative ways, and we're going to do it via a lot of conference calls, more than we normally have, and we had our all staff meeting this morning. Our competition part uh, department has a, a call this afternoon. Our marketing team tomorrow, and um, you know we're we're actually uh, in the spirit of obviously first priority being concerned about the health of those who work here and frankly everybody around the world. Yeah, um, we're also excited that this Saturday uh, we're going to have what's called IMSA Sebring uh, Super Saturday on iRacing and. Uh, we've got a, a huge number of our drivers that have expressed interest in running, and uh, I think we can take up to 50. Uh, so maybe you and I can even have a shot at uh, Sebring, John. Uh, I'll, I'll very happily stay behind the microphone uh, for that, and uh, thank you to all involved for putting that together so quickly. We'll be broadcasting that uh, in sound and vision across Radio Show Limited and on IMSA.tv uh, as well. More details about that as we get closer to the weekend. Over on IMSA Radio, we've got the fans' choice for the classic Sebring coming up this weekend. The voting continues on the Radio Show Limited uh, listeners' collective. So still ways to get people involved, and with not a lot of sport on the television no sport on the television uh, at the moment, John. Being creative and keeping people engaged is actually good for everybody. It's a win-win because, frankly, I know I'm sitting around here getting bored with nothing to watch on their television. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know the iRacing piece is something that uh, you and I talked about when I first got the opportunity here, and, and it's a part of a larger discussion around e-gaming and e-sports and how we interact with our next generation of audience. Um, but being able to do this, I think, on Saturday um, from 2 to 4 p.m., um, we have a, an opportunity to provide some value to fans. And, and frankly, if anyone uh, has ever watched one of those, um, you might as well think it's the real thing because of how amazing the iRacing product and so many of the other gaming platforms, um, the product is so realistic and so looking forward to that. Uh, we also are doing a Mobile One 12-hour highlight show of the 2019 race um, for one hour on NBCSN. Uh, we'll have some re-airs of that on YouTube um, starting on Friday um, last week. Um, and so we've got opportunities to use the technology that we have um, to help re-engage or stay engaged with our uh, wonderful audience and try to uh, keep the spirit of what IMSA stands for 
uh, alive in everybody's uh, mind and heart. Looking further ahead, John, and I accept that this is we're, we're shooting at a very much a moving target. In fact, we're probably shooting at a target that's over the horizon uh, at the moment. Um, I, I have this little picture in my mind of everyone who works in scheduling for most major sports events, not just motorsports around the world, um, with a with their big wall planner frantically sticking and unsticking little coloured pieces of paper on that. It looks like we might have a busy end to to the calendar year. How, you're in a different situation at IMSA than, than a lot of people because of the distances involved in the United States, although you don't go other than to Canada outside the borders of the US. Um, is that something that you guys are cognizant of when looking for potential replacement dates to to squeeze in some of the events that that may have been uh, postponed? Coordination and cooperation between uh, all of us at IMSA, our NASCAR colleagues. Um, I've been on uh, scheduling calls uh, every single day with my NASCAR colleagues, looking at ways that we could help them or vice versa. Potentially one of our single-make championships can join one of their weekends on a road course, um, offering up uh, opportunities. You know, for example, now that we've moved Sebring to the November timeline, um, the Sunday after Petit Le Mans is an open date where we're not planning a, an awards banquet in the WeatherTech Night of Champions. So we have things like that where we can offer up. And I inherited a master schedule board um, when I took this role, and it is full of post-it notes, and it is a moving uh, and evolving target. Um, but everybody's working together. Our colleagues across other sanctioning bodies were in constant contact about what you know what they're doing and and how we can support one another and make sure as an industry uh, we're doing the right thing by our audience and our participants. I could only imagine um, the amount of brain power that's been putting that's been put in to this at the moment. John, we wish you all the best and the team as well, of course. And it goes without saying anything that we can do here, just let us know. I appreciate John what you guys do and um hopefully uh, you're gonna have a blast uh when you're calling the uh i racing events um coming up and I even told Bo Barfield I thought we should have a, a, a pre race drivers meeting and he can give the same uh, sort of direction he gives from uh, from his home in Houston as he would from a, a driver meeting room. But as I said, uh, you and I chatted earlier, it puts this all in perspective, and what we do is very special. But, um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out uh, for me personally and from the whole IMSA and France family for those that are facing um, this terrible, terrible thing and, and those who have loved ones that uh, they've lost or are battling and uh, I just hope and pray that um, this this passes um, for, for those reasons and then you know after that we can get back to racing but uh, obviously uh, that's that's number one priority right now. Stay safe, keep the family safe and by that I mean your family as well as the greater IMSA family as well. John thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. 
John Doonan, who spoke to me on the phone from uh, Daytona on Tuesday before he headed out to get back uh, to his family. I think he said uh, it was a 16-hour uh, drive. Shea Adam joins us on the phone from the USA. Good evening, Shea. Hello. A uh, couple of things I want to pick up uh, on that. Um, first of all, and I know you were listening earlier on to Gerard Navarre as well. Yes. Um, when we hear people in the sorts of positions that Gerard and John Doonan are in at the top of big organisations, particularly in sports organisations, um, it, it's easy for them to say thoughts and prayers. It's easy for them to say, look, let's think about the human side of things as Gerard did and John did there. But two of the most genuine people uh, and John will actually be remembering people in his prayers, won't he? Oh, absolutely he will. He is such a, a genuine human being that you look at him in the eyes and you there's no trace of, of anything negative. He's mm. just a good human being. And when he says thoughts and prayers, which is a phrase that's often overused in modern times, he actually yeah. means it. He's thinking about the entire impsopatic and, and to be honest, the entire racing family as a whole when he goes and kneels by his bed at night. And uh, I completely believe the sincerity in his voice when he was talking to you. Um, I make no apologies. Uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to bring Nick in as well if he wants to jump in at any stage. Oh, I love jumping in. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> hello, here, Nick. I, I, hello, Shay. And hello to Kelly Brulee uh, and to Ryan DL as well tonight. We're going to get Ryan DL on the show next week to, talk, to start uh, what I think might become a regular feature of what drivers do when they're not racing. So expect Ryan DL on the show racing. next week. Well, um, <laughs> well, we'll come to that in a moment. Um, what I take, and, and I make no apologies, I was about to say, I make no apologies for being positive about races that have been postponed getting a date. I made that point with Gerard Shea. What it's, what it's given everybody in the IMSA paddock in terms of, of Sebring going into to November is they've now got something to aim for. Other things will happen before it. We know we will, but they've got that in their calendars right now. Yeah, it, it's something to look forward to for sure. And I think we should actually expand on this a little bit more too because we've had the news today that Long Beach is officially cancelled. It will not be rescheduled, which to be honest, anyone who's been to Long Beach realizes all of the red tape that goes into yeah. that event, all the, the government work that has to happen for that event yeah. to even be possible. So the fact that it's cancelled is a surprise to no one. We've heard that Mid-Ohio is going to be moved because the recommended period of time ends on the day that As the Mid-Ohio race in that interview, yes. exactly, was supposed to be. We don't yet have official confirmation on Belle Isle, which is supposed to be the first race back. That is the last weekend of May, the first weekend of June. Um, so that could be the first race back. But again, we don't know what we're facing. We don't know if this is still going to be a global pandemic by that point in time. So we can't rely on the fact that Belle Isle is going to happen, given what's happened with Le Mans and, and that event being delayed. All forms of testing have been forbidden, which is interesting because there ah. were teams who were planning on doing wind tunnel and such. That has been axed completely, and IMSA has said no. So with Le Mans being shifted to the final, well, in, in September, I'll put it that way. We've got Le Mans, we've got Nürburgring. But the week before Le Mans is now the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca round. Yeah. That has not moved. No. And yet. it means that, <laughs> yes, yes, correct. We have 
five cars by my count right now who are planning to do Le Mans and Laguna. Well, obviously, that's not going to happen. Well, and we don't get the free pass that the GT Le Mans teams would get when they have the Detroit race on the same weekend as Test Weekend. And and that's another... And we heard Gerard Navo earlier on in the show talking about Le Mans Test potentially being moved. There's implications there, Nick, for drivers who have to get their... um, yeah, Le Mans clearance and go and do the sim deer. I mean, at the moment, nobody can go to France to do that. So that's yes. all going to have to be fitted in. They've got to be laps done and things like that. So I think what we're looking at are a couple of, of I said cornerstones, but foundations maybe is a better word. But certainly we're beginning to see the end of the season coming together with the two major uh, GT and prototype series being the World Endurance Championship and IMSA. Uh, the regional series of uh, ELMS Asian Le Mans series uh, and the GT only series, whether it's in the States with GT America or the other SRA row series, they're working their own thing out. The Nürburgring 24 is the Week 900-pound gorilla. And the it's weekend, weekend after Le Mans. Weekend after Le Mans. So uh, in the Eiffel Mountains in September. But what we're seeing is a picture beginning to be pulled together. Yeah, and I think the, the, the issue you have is, is that certain... Race teams need to have clear air between themselves and Le Mans and clear air afterwards. Um, you know, certainly the, the, the LMS teams do. I mean, the, the American teams probably can send over separate chassis to do the Le Mans, uh, not the WeatherTech cars. Um, there's so much endurance racing that will need to will slot into that sort of three-month period or two-and-a-half-month period that there's going to be clashes. There's going to be three events on one weekend. You know, we've not even talked about Creventi. We've not talked about the rearrangement of the SRO stuff as well. So... You know, it's, it's going to be very, very busy. Jesse says, one of the great things about moving races towards the end of the year means more night racing with possible rain. Ha, ha, ha. He said, in a, a sort of a sort of a James Bond villain type voice, <laughs> I, <laughs> I take it. Uh, uh, we might have another advantage here uh, as IMSA supporters. If the Belle Isle Grand Prix uh, at Detroit does happen in the first weekend in June, that's a big if at the moment from my point of view. There's mm-hmm. no reason why Chevy Corvette... Um, couldn't race there with a GTE car because there's no clash with Le Mans test. Correct. Uh, GTLM cars have not run at Belle Isle since the Grand Am days. Mm. So that would be going back to, I think, 2013 was the last race where they had uh, those style of cars there. It would Not exactly the, the same class, obviously, because it was Grand Am before anybody Correct. tweets in, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking um, different different cars, but uh, similar style of professional drivers versus pro and am category expected. So, yeah, we can go off that. But the issue then is paddock space at Belle Isle, which already is at a premium, and pit lane space, which, yeah. quite Good frankly, point. it's already very, very cramped in there. I can't imagine with the amount of cars that we have right now, seven full-time DPI cars and 17 expected GTD cars, for Sebring, figure even if 15 show up, that's a huge amount of cars already. Then you're going to throw five more of, uh, or six more of the GTLM cars in there too. That might get a little bit squishy. Yeah, um, squishy. But that's the technical term. Exactly, because uh, you would need to squish them all in there. Uh, um, I've, I've got a point. Would... I've got a point to make about Sebring. It looks very much yeah. as though it won't be a Super Sebring in November with. Uh, with WEC, so that gives the opportunity to have a championship-ending weekend there for some of the other 
uh, IMSA Championships, which will ease the pressure a little bit. But if Long Beach isn't going to be uh, running for for good reasons, it's a straight track. Um, what could could there be a replacement for that sometimes in July or August, maybe? Well, there was a very interesting quote from the release today, and this is exact. IMSA is continuing to work with partners for possible alternative events to run a full 2020 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season. So here's a list of tracks that WeatherTech doesn't run on now, but are already partnered with IMSA. You've got Barber Motorsport Park. Yes, please. Tra Riviere. Yes. Oh, yes, please. Calabogie. Haven't been there. Mont- oh, Calabogie's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mont Tremblant. Oh, haven't been there, but want to go so much. Yes, 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 please. Uh, for the love of everything, please let us go to Tremblant. And the final is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Now, the first one, there are multiple series that run at Barber. The three Surely we have ones, to add Mid-Ohio into that to get their race back because of the Acura, in particular, because of the Acura component of that, because they're a massive supporter and partner of Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, and they're an IMSA supporter. I would think correct. before any new track comes in, Mid-Ohio would get a free date first, surely. Correct, and I, I agree with that entirely. The middle three tracks are sanctioned uh, for GT3 Canada. That's who runs with them. And Ferrari Challenge runs at Indianapolis. So that's why those tracks would already be a little bit ahead on the radar. Some of the other tracks that don't already have IMSA events, though, and have Could they run prototypes there? Those tracks? Because there are some tracks that don't, you know, like VIR doesn't do prototypes. Could we get a GT-only race at somewhere? I I don't know Calabogie, but I think it's quite a small track. Tromplon used to have IndyCar. I can't help feeling they're not going to want to run separate events with just some of the classes. They're going to get a full season away. They need everyone. But we do that already. Yes, but that's the sort of thing that has to go. Yeah, okay. Yes. Everything every weekend is the only way everything, to do this. Yeah, all races, all yeah, weekends. The, everything, every I, weekend, I all day, every yeah, day. Good point. Good point, Nick. Yeah. yeah. The the easiest ones for sure would be uh, Indy, Tromblant, and Barber, just because they are already established as multi-class. We have had multi-class racing there at the uh, top level before, so that does make sense. But some of the other tracks that are perhaps intriguing to some, especially considering we've lost a West Coast race and, yes, a Central U.S. race, but we've got Sonoma, Circuit of the Americas, Ooh. of course. That one has to be thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Homestead Miami Speedway, the Roval, used to be run in the Grand Am days. New Jersey Motorsport Park, NOLA, PBIR, which is also known as Moroso, and the Utah Motorsport Campus. I mean, there are so many tracks out there that would be willing to work with them to try and host a race. But as you said, Mid-Ohio is going to be given the right of first refusal as long as they can find a time for it to run. So that's all up in the air and we'll, I'm sure, follow that. And it sounded that from both Gerard at the start of the show and and John Doonan there that there is more to come. We know there is more to come. Something we can talk about, Shay, is Saturday. John, very, very bullish uh, about this uh, iRacing uh, event on Saturday. Uh, this is a 90-minute single-class shootout at Sebring. 15-minute uh, warm-up session from 2 Eastern to 2.15. Single-car <laughs> qualifying from 2.15 to 2.25. Not sure they'll get all of them in in that time. No, no, no. no they're online on their own. You can go they're, on they're all doing it at the yeah. same time, but there's uh, no other cars on track for Right, okay, bit. so we can watch the timing and scoring yes. for that rather than watch it. Uh, the race starts at half past two. That's 2.30 Eastern, 
streamed uh, in sound and vision on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Now, we're already going to be on RS2 IMSA Radio. We're already going to be streaming the Listener's Choice uh, Sebring race. Um, uh, which I'll come back to in a moment. So we're going to put this on RS1. We'll have it in sound and vision as well. We'll have a pop-out player for the video as well. You'll also be able to find it uh, on uh, iRacing's Twitch channel and the iRacing Esports Network on YouTube. Um, It's going to be me and other people, apparently. Nick's put his hand up straight away. Saturday afternoon, sort of four-ish. That was three. Yeah. Pop over. I have nothing to do. I have nothing to do till early June. Mm. Uh, at best. <laughs> at best. You have your oh birthday. Oh, no, that's... Literally, we can't with a, with a plan of how we're going to train our dogs to do various tricks over the next two months. It's that desperate. John Doonan, Shea, said that uh, it's... It's very lifelike and it's pretty much as good as the real thing. You and I in the past have done online racing with Forza World Championship. And in fact, there are a lot of ways that gaming gives you more than television can, particularly in the the um, unlimited amount of angles you get for replays. Well, and to be honest, John, the thing that I'm most looking forward to with this is the fact that every single one of the drivers in our paddock who does play on iRacing, or excuse me, uses it for training, as I'm sure they tell oh, their wives and yeah, girlfriends. I'm sure. Yeah, Every single one of them thinks that they are God's gift to humanity oh, as yeah. far as that goes. So when you get all of them combined together in one room where the timing screen doesn't lie, it's going to get really entertaining. Uh, Declan Brennan is joining us as well. So join us uh, throughout the weekend, um, before I, before I move uh, away from what we've got at the weekend, I'm going to quickly, and Shea's not going to be happy with this, we selected six uh, Super Super Sebring races, uh, which were the 2006 race, which was our first major event uh, as RSL, the Dawn of the Diesel era. 2007, Jim Roller picked this one, Epic Lizards versus Reese GT Battle. 2008, uh, Redemption for the Lizards. Audi defeated for the first time in that decade. 2009, tells you how good the late, mid to late 90s were. Uh, surprise Paul Sitter, uh, Scott Dixon for Acura. Knife Edge Battle for the win. Uh, two... oh, I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. No, that so was a very good race. Very good race. Why is uh, that doing so badly Pippo's, in the voting? Well, it's got to be in this list. No. It, yeah. Declan Brennan. Good evening. Uh, get to that in a moment. I'm doing them chronologically. 2012. <laughs> that was a-, a great race. No. The ALMS, ILMC, WEC joint race. 64 entries, nine classes, and we've still not had a combined result. Uh, no. But it was a, a clap. Now, Shea, why does that one bring you out in hives? Um, because, John, that was my first race doing graphics for ALMS, where we ran out of colors because there were so many classes. There weren't enough colors in the rainbow to represent every class in the race. And too many cars with five. We had, didn't we have a and zero five, a five, a 55, a 555, and a 155? We had a zero five five, a oh, zero five, yes, a five, right. a fifty five, and a one five five. Oh, it was and just ridiculous. You also had a seven and a double oh seven, didn't you? Seven double oh seven. 
Uh, was it a 007 as well? It was just ridiculous. Uh, So that was 2012. uh, And then uh, 2016, uh, and even Thunder and Lightning couldn't wash out Pete Wars year. So that is there for Declan. Uh, And and, uh, 2019 was last year's event. Fantastic finish at the end. Uh, Total dogfight with BMW, Corvette, Ford, Scrapman for GTLM and the closest finish on record. They're all there on the Radio Show Limited Listeners Collective on Facebook and at the moment and she's not going to like this outscoring everything else put together is the 24 the 2012 I thought I, when when is the result being declared Why? then we're going to knock this on the head on Friday at noon Ooh, UK I see the... so there's time to vote and vote regularly which one? So Help 26. Yeah, like Northern Irish election. Vote <laughs> early and often. Um, with the the about voting on Facebook is you can yes. only vote once. I think it, I think it logs you. Dex, so, so 2016, would that get your vote from that one? People's oh, risk? Of course. Uh, or the Lizards, Lizards Reese, uh, which Lizards, I, I, I love at the end. I, I, as it fades out, you can hear, you can hear. That was 2007. Uh, 2007. You can hear, uh, 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 Timo, right? Not yes. Timo Bird. Sorry, uh, Timo Bird. He he pushed me. He pushed me. <laughs> it's like uh, they they were. Uh, he was not happy with the physical levels of uh, of the battle. But it was, that was brilliant. That whole that was gave us that dilemma, which drives me crazy, John. And as a mm. TV guy, and Nick, you'll I'm sure you'll have something to say about this. I am firmly of the belief that if somebody is romping away with a race, and the battle for second is much much better. If you cut away full screen to the leader crossing the, ro- the line, you are doing your viewers a disservice. No, I agree. Should be shot. And uh, it happens all the time. And uh, sticking with that was brilliant. And they had to, the way I, I, I've watched it many times, uh, because they had to get the overall win uh, covered clearly, absolutely fairly. And then as soon as they could, they went straight back to that battle and they picked it up at night in the dark. Everybody did a brilliant job. And if you remember, Dex, that was nearly a full lap behind. So we actually had pretty much a full lap of yes. be- before my head exploded um, <laughs> uh, on the line. It's, it's easier to watch two things at once on radio because you, you can peer into two pictures. Uh, that's online now. Um, a, a reminder about that. IMSA Esports, uh, iRacing. You haven't asked me for my memories of Sebring. Uh, what's your memories of Sebring, Nick? Um, You've never been there, have you? I No, but I did one of our show. I do the show from my front room in about 2000. I know Tim will remember it one. When we had network problems, which meant that I was giving you an update during the adverts, which was half an hour behind real time. Oh, because the internet had slowed down. Do you remember that, Tim? No. Yeah, I was. We were, we were. It was a weird internet issue. Where we were getting further and further behind real time, and I had to. When I did the in, the update. I had to kind of remember what it actually was when you you were coming to that, which is half an hour behind what it actually was. <laughs> so, so the leader at the moment, 2012, 64 cars, nine classes, and and when I say we've never, still never had a set of combined results, that is not hyperbole. That is true. We have a it is a, a WEC ILMC event uh, result sheet. And an IMSA result sheet. They never the two were made. There was two separate timing uh, systems. Sound complicated at all? Oh my goodness, John! Can I tell you two things that are currently going on? People say nothing is going on in uh, in in motorsport right now. I'll give you two things that are currently going on as we speak. The podium ceremonies for that event are still going on, <laughs> yes, yeah. and the and the driver announcements for the Nurburgring 24 have already started. So even uh, though it's so, it's been pushed back to November. Yes, correct. 
No, yeah, no, that's very, it's very true. Dex, uh, earlier on, we uh, had Gerard Navour giving us some of his time today and uh, John Doonan, two of the biggest names in endurance motor racing. We had the announcement from you guys a couple of weeks ago with your gradient hat on uh, about Long Beach. That's now gone. Uh, from, a, from a team point of view, um, what... I mean, how can you plan at the moment? You guys were meant to be in the the sprint competition, seven rounds across the season. How how do you plan at the moment? What are you guys doing as a team? And and, and on a very basic level, how do you support your sponsors and partners and give them value so that when racing does resume, you've still got them on board? Well, that's a brilliant question, John, and it's a really hard one to answer. Uh, we are... In, in some ways, and I'm, I, I, because it's just the nature of, of Long Beach and Detroit, uh, street races are, uh, particularly with uh, pro-am street races, have uh, a number of, uh, shall we say, ups and downs or pros and cons. Uh, the pros being big crowds, uh, great hospitality, great showcases. The cons are uh, not uh, having any runoff. <laughs> so, uh, and particularly when your budget is tight. So, so. So I'm I we are we, we have mixed feelings about we would love to have been at Long Beach. We actually were in discussion with a number of partners about about and and we were also interestingly bringing potentially prospective partners uh, for other events to to uh, to showcase the product and and to lose that that is a shame. To answer the second part of your question, that's the that is something we are working on. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, I have daily I'm in daily conversation with my boss regarding. Uh, what we can do, how we can talk to people, what we can say, what what initiatives we can. So we're working on, for example, we're we are going to, I think, uh, uh, going to continue the momentum of this weekend Sebring uh, i racing event, and we're we're looking at seriously at a at a a longer term uh, event potentially focused around. And I'm I'm still talking to people about this uh, our manufacturer that we work with and some of their drivers which and is, which is Acura and HP too, yeah. and 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 do a pro. I, my idea is to do a pros versus very good Joes event mm-hmm. uh, because to to pick up on what Shay said, uh, not only uh, do uh, race pro racing drivers think of the best at everything and the fastest. Uh, oftentimes, it's a bit like the old question about was Ring, uh, was John Lennon when John Lennon was asked was Ringo the, uh, the best drummer in the world. His response was he's not even the best drummer in this band. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, the thing that uh, I racing. Uh, uh, proves is that there are an awful lot of very very good eye racing specialists who yes. can and regularly beat pros in events so uh, uh they they shouldn't be uh, counting their chickens I and mean, to be honest i want to kind of showcase that a little bit yeah, i want to showcase a good idea. some oh, of the, good idea. the guys who like the rudy van burens of the world who really yeah. really are like and 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 hats off to him darren cox is doing a great job with that with 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 the program that they've just started last week they had for their for the We Race event, they had forty one thousand live viewers, which is and just the Veloci brilliant. event, which was the same weekend, had over a hundred thousand. So I mean, there's definitely something in that. In terms of what you're doing um, as a team, um, you know, IMSA, as we heard John saying, IMSA are all working from home now. They've they've basically been told they've got to work from home. Does that mean that they've cut you guys loose? Are you having to fend for yourself? Are you still in contact with IMSA? Are they in co- still in contact with you? Uh, interestingly, uh, 
they are they are they, they've actually done a great job john uh i'll give you an example uh today they are in contact with me uh there was a uh the the, the brilliant greg elkin uh did a Greg is, uh, is head of the, the media department. Yes, head of media communications. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a former uh, a veteran of MLB and actually worked, ironically, worked with, with my, our old buddy CJ for the Texas Rangers. Did he really? Uh, yes, he did. Big so, soccer fan as well and cricket fan. Yes. Unusual for American, but he knows his stuff, does, uh, does Greg. So he's he he convened a, a basically got a, a, an all hands uh, meeting today at, with about an hour's notice just to, to go through what we could do to promote and really that's in the hands he he has to reach out because obviously the 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 use of drivers and the promotion of the drivers is entirely uh, kind of driven by the PR people and the drivers themselves so so uh, yeah so there he he, was, he reached out and I'm going to continue to talk to him about what what I can do to help because my philosophy has always been from a public relations standpoint the community is what I can do to help the sport I'm always I'm very conscious of of never wanting to do stuff that that only just helps the team I want to do things that are, are and I've always looked to do uh, the media hits that we've done have always been it, in a way that's going to help everybody. And, well, and what have I always sport? said to you, to anybody else, and you know this because you've heard it, and I think it's your mantra as well. Uh, here at RSL, um, we are fans and students of the sport. Anything we can do to further the sport, we'll do. And and how many times have we said we're a resource? And we're a resource for everybody, whether they're partners or not, really doesn't matter. It's nice if they're partners because ultimately we've all got bills to pay at, at, the, at the end of the whatever the accounting period is, but we're a resource for the sport. And, and that's how I, th- I think, you know, that IMSA family that John Doonan was talking about earlier on uh, and Gerard and Devoe as well with the ELMS and the WEC. I- I've seen a lot of good work going on in there between people. I've got to mention Jackie Warnock, who has put together a fantastic resource on um on Facebook, which is called Behind the Safety, the World Behind the Safety Car, for freelancers and, and other professionals in, in motorsport who might be struggling and might be struggling with life um, uh, at the moment uh, in terms of um, whether they're anxious or, or whatever. Uh, and uh, I know Jackie was talking to Eve earlier on in the week about uh, some resources for this, and, and Jackie uh, back in Australia has put that together. Dex. I think all of us here, uh, Shea uh, and Nick included for the work that that, that we do, you, me, uh, and also uh, Tim for what he does with us as well. We're all self-employed, so we're all effectively freelancers. And that means that it's hard times. Now, look, people are dying from coronavirus. So let's put it in perspective. But ultimately, there still has to be a business at the end of it and there still has to be people to do it. Yeah, uh, I I sent out a tweet uh, uh, earlier on in the week, uh, and, and it's something I'm very heartfelt to me because I am self-employed effectively with a with a, an exclusive large like a, a, a employer, but I'm basically self-employed, mm. uh, so I don't get any uh, unemployment benefit if everything goes. No sick uh, pay, no holiday no, pay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. So I sent out a, a tweet earlier that everybody, uh, this is the time to do everything you can to support all of those people uh, across who are delivering uh, in independent media and and who are delivering content for you, whether it's and and uh, we're a broad church and and, and uh, as I said in the in uh, whether it's Radio Show Limited, whether it's uh, Marshall and Graham, whether it's uh, all of the guys doing podcasts or all of the guys out there, for example, and I. I 
particularly listed photographers. Go, oh, yeah. uh, photographers are absolutely have a lot of them. Uh, their work entirely res- or, or mainly revolves around uh, motorsport, and even if it doesn't, it, it tends to revolve around live events that are now not happening. Correct. And these guys suddenly their income has completely dried up. So go on to. Uh, you know Steve English's uh, MotoGP, uh, his photography site, or uh, Halston Pittman's, or Jamie, Pry- Jamie or Price, or Drew, or Regis. Yeah, yeah. Go and buy a photograph. Go and buy something you like. Do you know what I want? I, 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 there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things. I, I want to particularly. Uh, it's a bit unfair because there's a lot going on. But one that I picked up on was Alex Brundle uh, tweeted earlier on this week that he needs some stuff doing in September, and he's commissioning people to do it now. Whether it's decals, patches for his overalls, or a photography uh, gig, he he wants it. He's going to do it now, and he's going to pay for it now. And I thought, Alex, you little star. Um, we we knew. That that was uh, that was you know the sort of person uh, that he was. You know Andy Blackmore um, is another person who you know works in the background decks on liveries and uh, stuff stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, I think we're gonna we have a we have a tiny uh, requirement from that that we we don't really have, but we want to give it in this time. We decided we need to give it to him because this is. Uh, so I think you know he's going to get a little bit of work uh, from Good. us uh, because because that's the time to do it. That's the time to for for all totally of us great. to support people economically. As I said, with the photographers, with the guys like I'm about to. If you've thought about it in the past, if you've read some of the free stuff that uh, that that, that uh, some of the guys who run Patreons or like uh, for various sports do, and you've thought you've read some of the free stuff, and thought, oh, should I give them a fiver or forty quid for the year? Or, this is the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. This is, the, this is when they need it. Declan Brennan joining us live from the states. We've got Cher Adam, uh, Nick Damon, and Tim Gray is up in London. Uh, it was Andy, Andy Blackmore's birthday. Uh, he was that yesterday, actually. I think. Uh, I remember right. Uh, day before was day it? before. Maybe okay. it was yesterday. Go on. Time zone makes it difficult to uh, compare, doesn't it? Uh, Andy Blackmore is looking for help right now. He needs someone who has got eye racing, who can test a skin that he's just designed Joe for. Joe Bradley. Uh, Joe Bradley. Someone. So yeah. if you've got eye racing and uh, just drop, uh, Joe, d- drop Joe a line. Get in contact with An- Andy Blackmore. At Bradders three zero seventy eight on Twitter. Joe was telling me he ha- he has everything on iRacing. He's a hundred percent completist of all the cars and all the tracks. He's hanging. He's Jay from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> he's finished <laughs> it. Completed he's it, finished. mate. He's, he's done it all. <laughs> he, was t- he was going really, really well till till John got there for one night and ruined his license. That's the oldest story of ever. <laughs> oldest story. It's not you true. ruined his license. It's not you completed true. under his license. That's Wait, a ban. No, he let me do it. It was him. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about iRacing then. Uh, iRacing this weekend will have the uh, IMSA Super uh, Saturday. IMSA Sebring Super Saturday uh, will be on the air to cover the practice and the qualifying here on RS1, that's going to be. Uh, And then we'll go live in sound and vision uh, at 2.38. So 2 o'clock Eastern, that is 4 o'clock UK time. Do the rest of the uh, the working out yourself. It's a, a GTE uh, category, single category. Uh, it's open to IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge drivers. They can choose from uh, a BMW M8 GTE, a Ferrari 488 GTE, a Porsche 911 RSR. That's so hard to drive if you haven't got the right setup. And the Ford GT. Um, there. 
uh, on that race. Uh, and as I say, we'll have it in sound and vision. You can also follow it live on iRacing's Twitch channel and the iRacing's eSports network on YouTube. Tim, what else have you got for us? Shall we move on to NASCAR? For, very quickly, first of all, uh, in terms of things that are still going on, yep. that, like the podium ceremony for the 2012 yes. Sebring race. Greg Kramer, I can hear him in the background. The, so-and-so. the really. 1995 Argentinian Grand Prix. Is that still going on? Well, I've never seen the end of it because um, it was being shown live on BBC Two <laughs> and then it was red flagged and during the red flag, the BBC uh, ran out of their time slot uh, no. And said that. Oh, it used to uh, happen a lot here back in those days. You ran out of satellite time, or you ran out of your time. Talk to Andrew Marriott about that. Talk to Andrew Marriott about that. He always says that stage, isn't he? He always says it was stage. Um, but it's very funny. Um, so the uh, BBC went off and did something else and said uh, highlights will be on at uh, ten thirty as usual. Yeah. Highlights program never made air. No. I have no <laughs> idea who won the nineteen ninety five Argentinian Grand Prix well, or what happened after the restart. Well, if indeed there was a restart. Well, De- well now you see, Dex. This brings us on nicely to some of our um, extra programmes that are coming up in the next few weeks. Because some of you might know, but I bet most of you don't, that Dex came up with a concept a little while ago called the Football Rewind. And uh, we uh, are going to give that a home here on RSL. This is soccer we're talking about now. Uh, it's an absolutely brilliant concept where Dex gets a, de- gets a guest in and they watch an old football game, soccer game, and then they talk about it in detail. And we've decided that we're going to do some race rewinds as well, Dex, as well. So, obviously, on our list now has got to be from the restart of that Grand Prix. Oh, absolutely. And Tim's not allowed to listen to it. So, he, he's, he's not <laughs> the guest. take part in it. Well, you won't know yeah. what's happening. So, you know, we'll, we'll bring you on afterwards. Else. No one in the UK has seen it. Right. Okay. Well, that's on the on the list. So... I was... Fr- I wasn't right. Was I no, right? Don't. Um, and, no, and, I don't. And, wrong. And this brings us... <laughs> This brings us on to some great ideas that have been on the website, uh, on the Listeners Collective, about programme ideas. Uh, Can I just say, that was the poorest launch of a new strain of programming to the channel I've ever heard, by (laughs) the the way. It kind of buried the lead there a a little bit. It's an idea, and and we're going to do it. We just can't tell anybody when it's going to come on the air yet, because there's quite a lot of work involved. In all of those, so race rewind and on quite the airwaves. A lot of not social isolation as well. Well, no, we'll have to. No, we'll, John, we'll I was actually it. thinking. I was actually thinking of the bit about the other part, which is the football rewind, which you you effectively launched as an afterthought. I know. Uh, which is <laughs> no the football. The football rewind. We have actually got three made, and once we've got another couple made, Dex has got another couple made. That will be launched, and we'll have that. Uh, and I know that there's a big crossover. You know, um, Nick and I were at a sort of game together recently. Um, and game. there will be a Good Gillingham game. game. There will be a Gillingham game on the football rewind. Or 10 nil or 8-1. Well, or, when we, or when we knocked you out of the league. Well, you could do that. Uh, all of those. But we need to find... A, actually, actually, I do somewhere have a VHS copy of our 10 nil win. Oh. But I that's don't what you have want. a VHS player. I oh, but we also need we also need a photograph of the bag of tracksuits that uh, Tony Cascarino was sold for 11, as well. Uh, eleven, we paid eleven tracksuits. Eleven tracksuits for a player. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, basically, this is all on the lines of lots more content coming on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, some of it 
most of it motorsport related, but not all of it. It will all be in our style. It will all be with our strange sense of humour. And some of them have been suggested by you, including doing some inside RSL, what it takes to put a race weekend together, some long ones with the staff about how they got involved in motorsport. We are going to have the quiz. Now, because of social isolation, we can't have the Christmas quiz where everybody's in one place. Uh, which means it's very difficult to stop people cheating and going on Google. So we're oh, no, it's not. Well, mm. Nick's got an idea about having us up like celebrity squares and yes. everybody... Yes. Oh, on a Google on a Google web chat? No, no, I no, love no, it. No, Nick no, will I, do I, it I on work, a I, I work for a, a, a proper VC company. So, All right. Uh, and, and, and also, we're also thinking about a series called Motorsport Mastermind, dun, where dun, dun, people dun. will have to submit their specialist subjects yeah. to and team. And I won't be taking RC World Champions. No. Well, can I have the 1985 Formula Forward Festival? You yeah. can. Who All finished right. fourth? <laughs> uh, fourth was, let me see. Uh, Too let late. See, uh, okay. Uh, let me, uh, uh, oh, stop, stop. Hang on. Don't, don't, Johnny Herbert won. Uh, let me see. Oh, God. It's fourth was... You lose the audience already here. Mark Blundell. Tim's looking it up as you speak. Uh, we also looking. We're going to be looking up some classic rad- racing cars and their history, and talking about that. Race Rewind is what we've talked about, where we'll revisit some classic races either within the Radio Show Limited archive uh, or with our partners at uh, Jig Video, uh, and uh, or ones that you suggest, uh, and uh, also um, looking back at what motorsport has popped up uh, when there's been no motorsport and think get particularly in, rally cross get in mark Blundell, get in it was mark yes there that only bats could hear that uh, yes. Dex. right quickly let's uh, let's get, get in. let's quickly get the nascar <laughs> right, nascar uh, originally we're going to uh, run the race behind closed doors then they postponed it here's uh, nascar chairman steve phelps to explain uh, what's going on um, we know you have a number of questions, and we appreciate your patience as we work through what is an incredibly fluid process, as I'm sure you can appreciate. We're navigating this process with the entire industry and look forward to providing further details when they're finalized. Uh, we're working through both the complexity of our sport and our many industry stakeholders, as well as the complexity of this pandemic and its impact on our daily lives. I would like to express my gratitude to our teams, our drivers, the racetracks, and everyone in the industry for their incredible patience and cooperation over the past week. These clearly are unprecedented times um, with information changing by the hour. Collectively, our industry has made several difficult decisions, all with one thought in mind, the health and safety of our fans, our competitors, employees, and everyone in the industry. The situation we are facing transcends the world of sports. What is most important now is that we take precautions to, to keep everyone as safe as possible during these challenging times. And most, most importantly, we, we intend to raise, um, you know, that all our 36 points paying, uh, points races, as well as the all-star event. Um, what those look like at this particular point, we're looking broadly about what our options are, um, you know, at this particular point, we, we would like to finish the season um, at, at Phoenix and keep the playoff portion intact. Um, with that said, they'll require a lot of different 
um, opportunities for us to look at. Um, we're in the process of doing that. So no specifics around midweek races or, you know, I've heard about double headers and different, different things. So at this particular point, a lot of things on the, on the, um, on the table for us to look at working with our race teams, working with our race tracks to make sure that, you know, the, the things that are, that we're putting on the table are feasible for us to do. Uh, so NASCAR uh, cancelling uh, the races for the safety of their uh, drivers. Uh, that didn't work for one of them, though. Brett Moffitt, who's a driver in the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, uh, decided that as his uh, NASCAR race had been cancelled, he'd go off and do some motocross instead Uh-oh. and broke both his legs. Uh-oh. That's never a good thing. I knew that was going to end badly. Uh, he'll be out for eight weeks. He probably won't miss a race. He may not do. No, he might. He might not miss a he race. Might be, might be very lucky. Uh, be, being asked on Twitter, Tim. Whilst we've got some time, Jake Parrott says, "Can we get the 2009 Le Mans 24 Hours back on the website?" I'm sure we can. Yeah, right. we might even repeat it on the radio next week. Excellent, good stuff. I think I found something that hasn't had an airing today, which is a. a <laughs> <laughs> Which is I was going to say your underpants, yeah. Stop <laughs> it. I, I know what this is going to be, and I suspect that it may have lost some of its relevance, what with it being a preview to the 20, 2009 World Touring Car Championship. It was an exclusive look at a brand new car that wasn't even released as a road car, the Chevy Cruze, mm. with RML and Eric Neb from uh, from. From GM and Martin Haven as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you anyway, Tim, uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll try and we'll try and get that back on. It gives us a chance to scroll back uh, through do the all things archives. we never had time to do because we were too busy going to races. Yes, uh, and and doing races. I, I'll remind everybody, by the way, uh, uh, as we thank Declan Brennan, Shea Adam, Nick Damon, and our executive producer uh, Tim Greer. All of our archive is free and available for download or listen on demand for your own use via radio-show.co.uk. There is a search uh, a feature on there as well. Um, if you which can't usually fi- works. Which you, if you can't find exactly what you want with the other things, uh, that is uh, it's a good way. Something that to uh, I found earlier, uh, just to prove that the search function worked, mm. uh, at the uh, request of Declan Brennan, uh, qualifying for uh, the 2010 IndyCar race at Long Beach. Yeah, I found that as well. I've got I've got the original. Dex Just search a, for IndyCar Long Beach. Dex got a very very good uh, edit uh, of that. Let me remind you about Thursday. It's become a big Thursday because at eight o'clock uh, tomorrow night uh, it'll be Matt and the team for a special tour. Tour now being weekly. The online Radio at uh, the on- online racing association and the TRS, the Tory Radio Show, uh, from every month now to every week. So Thursday at eight o'clock will be their uh, uh, regular time uh, on RS1. And uh, Richard Quill has just sent through in a crazy week for Australian motorsport uh, what's on the grid at nine o'clock tomorrow night. He said we'll be breaking down. The crazier Australian GP weekend in the 12-hour period from Thursday to Friday that ultimately saw the event cancelled and for the first time break down the real financial implications to the event, to the local government and more. The 
Australian GP uh, company CEO Andrew Westicott will be Creelty's special guest to explain it from their side. They'll still be talking car racing as well because the Porsche Carrera Cup young gun Cameron Hill won the only race of the Melbourne weekend and he'll join the team for a chat. It's on the grid, 9 o'clock UK time, Thursdays on RS1. Tune in from 8, Tora, and on the grid tomorrow. If you can't, then it will be on the archive. Thank you so much to Gerard Navot, to uh, John Doonan, uh, Ben Costa-Juris, and all of our other uh, contributors tonight, just to prove that if there's no racing, we can still find something to talk about. We've got a few weeks of this, and we'll get some more of our friends and guests in on the show next week. Join us at 8 o'clock. This was the bonus show that shouldn't have happened because it was such a busy week. It's been a busy week in very different ways, but I hope you've enjoyed Midweek Motorsport Series at 15, episode 11. There's no time to explain because the Llama is practising sim racing for IMSA this weekend. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.